0: Today on PodCops, we will be discussing crimes against true crime. That's right, all the tropes, traditions, and overused bites that make true crime frustrating. I'm Dee, the podcast resident history nerd. I'm Jillian, the original true crime fanatic of the family.
1: We're sisters who live in different states, but that doesn't stop us from picking apart all the true crime we can get our hands on.
0: I'm roughly the same age as the 24-hour news cycle. I grew up in a family that congregated around the network nightly news, even when cable finally became available in our small town. One of my earliest memories is an event that helped define the success of CNN and cable news in general. In 1991, our father worked the evening shift, while our mother worked the day shift to avoid the cost of daycare for multiple children. I remember waking up early and walking into the living room on my way to get a glass of water. I must have been around eight or nine at the time. Our dad was watching the news, and the oil fields of Kuwait were on fire. When CNN debuted, the news was curated much differently. The newspaper printed morning and evening editions, with most regions offering several different newspapers to choose between. Television news was presented in the evening, giving households across America a common set of facts and talking points. News anchors such as Edward R. Murrow and Walter Cronkite were trusted reporters, providing domestic news as well as reports from foreign correspondence desks. News stories had time to be verified, researched, and updated between recordings. By the 1970s, television news was becoming big business as corporate ownership of local news networks increased competition. The population and, by default, television viewership was growing in the United States. Three major news networks were vying for tens of millions of viewers in all the potential advertising revenue the demographic represented. Cable news created an insatiable hunger for content, where quantity and speed were more important than content. Live news broadcasting was the perfect way to beat competitors to the punch, but that led to incomplete, inaccurate, and often misleading material. An article in New York Magazine titled, Grins, Gore, and Videotape, The Trouble with Local TV News, written by journalist Eric Pooley, summed up the grim state of television news in the rhetoric of fear. He wrote, the thoughtful report is buried because sensational stories must launch the broadcast. If it bleeds, it leads. The internet was the final nail in the coffin of news media credibility. Anyone with a webpage could offer up news without citation or fact-checking, but with plenty of bias. That's a whole different episode and deserves its own story. My
1: experience with the news was different. I was in fifth grade when the planes hit the Twin Towers, and for the first time, the whole world was put into perspective. Everything in the news became dire and unavoidable. Regular TV programs like Married the Children repeats and The Simpsons were being interrupted by never-ending breaking news media bulletins. All day, every day, there was no escape from what was happening. Gone were the days of routine morning and evening news segments. Suddenly, there was near-constant news interruptions, always prepared to let us know the current death tolls in the Middle East and dangers present on domestic soil, regardless as to what time of day or night. Being a preteen at the time, I was very dramatic. I was always annoyed when President Bush had a message to the nation that would interrupt my weekly episode of the OC. It was about this time, however, that I became obsessed with all things related to true crime, including serial killers, one-offs, and random crime. At that time, I also began spending hours a week watching Criminal Minds and Law and Order SVU, as well as anything else that could help me make sense of the senseless violence and understand how I could survive the impossible, considering I could be attacked at any minute. As a country, it seemed that we had shifted away from a it couldn't happen to me mentality to a it's going to happen and I better be prepared mentality. In this already post-Columbine world, increased gun violence, as well as movies like Elephant, took up my free time. And at that point, I started to suspect loner and outcast classmates to be my next attacker. I was still a preteen at the time, but I know plenty of adults who still think this way. Growing up in a mostly affluent Massachusetts town where crime happened somewhere else, I went out of my way to watch every horror movie and show I could find. But as my curiosity grew, and honestly some paranoia, Dee and I brought our powers together to better understand the psychology of serial killers and murderers.
0: So welcome to PodCops. I'm Dee. I'm Jillian. And we are sisters, uh, for better or worse. And this is our brainchild that we put together um, over the phone. And uh, we actually got together. So we don't live in the same states. I'm visiting Jill at the moment. So we thought, what the hell, let's do this.
1: We're actually on the different sides of the country in two very different time zones.
0: And two very different demographics of people as far as crime and social, economical.
1: Really everything is
0: polar opposites. I'm currently in uh, the south. The deep south. The deep south. And I live in the uh, Puritan northeast so it's uh, it's been a ride. Yeah but we
1: see a lot of stuff on the news every day um, and we talk about it and we talk about how, how many pet peeves we have watching the news and reading about articles about what's happening and the, the overused tropes and Sound bites that just get too much within two crime.
0: And we have a lot of different triggers. I work generally with uh, the older demographic, and Jillian works in universities, so she gets triggered by a lot more of, like, the Title IX. Yeah, Title
1: IX, especially with uh, the proposed changes in the Title IX that are coming up, just generally how we work with students, but also how students are viewed from all the different demographics. So if
0: you are pro-Betsy DeVos... Please, this is not the podcast for you. Turn around. It's it's too late for you here.
1: But if you really like true po- true crime, like I would say, stick through it because I think we can all agree there's some some stuff that really needs to get changed in how we read about true crimes and crimes in general around the country.
0: Some of the topics we want to address are. Um, race disparity, sex crimes, documentary bias. We want to talk about clickbait and misleading headlines, Um, zero research in true crime documentary and television shows, university crimes, Um, glorifying the killer, the cult of personality, uh, police interrogations, and the definitions that everyone messes up when they talk about crimes.
1: We also want to look at today's news headlines and really think think through what we think they're going to be about and then we read the article and then we we realized we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into.
0: So for every well thought out headline there are 15 daily mail headlines from the UK that are so sensational you would never be able to guess what the actual content is. So that will be a fun game we can play.
1: With our friends abroad.
0: (laughs) With our friends abroad. Hey PodCup, I want to know what, what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about how much the news drives us crazy. What news? All the news. Breaking news! The absolute worst. I have nightmares about Wolf Blitzer and his charts from election season. I just avoid watching the news right now. Well, every day it's something different. In this Trump era we're living in, it's breaking news every day. I can't even remember. There should be a website with
1: what was today's breaking news. And honestly, I need some definitions on what constitutes as breaking news at this point but in all seriousness let's talk about the tropes and stuff that we don't like about breaking news or news in general that we see all the time especially when
0: it comes to true crime the sensationalism is what drives me up a wall um especially in the evening news when they'll start with you know dead body found in west roxbury see the news at 11. well you watch the whole news and you never even see it because all they know
1: is that there is a dead body in West Roxbury. They don't know
0: anything else. They've already given us all the news and we don't even know it yet. And then they use these sound bites in documentaries and in forensic files and in cult case. And it's it's so sensational for no reason. It's take your glasses off, pun
1: city, like CSI Miami. What is actually happening anymore? I mean, they
0: probably don't want us to actually know paranoia paranoia i mean it is a little 1984 more than a little but it's disheartening on the day to day like i can't trust anything so what can we do well i'm
1: thinking that this is about time that we go off into the forest and start our own little communes and you know just live out our lives in peace like, like-
0: doomsday prepper style or like
1: Walden. I'm thinking like Walden, like Christopher McCandless, you know, just get back to the land. Um,
0: All right, realistically, let's talk about uh, <laughs> disabling alerts on our cell phones so we don't live in constant anxiety. Because I'm pretty sure the use of antidepressants and anti-anxieties have gone way up in the last couple of decades. Um,
1: As my pharmacist, pharmacist would say, it's a heavy mover.
0: It's a heavy mover. <laughs> But honestly, you have to really vet the sources that you're looking for news. If the nightly news drives you crazy, don't watch the nightly news.
1: And those Apple news media things that we get nonstop on Apple iPhones, just get rid of it because it's awful.
0: You know, it just drives you crazy. Make sure that you're, you know, double checking your sources, Um, you know, limit your social media. I know that sounds bananas, but if, if someone is a complete whack job, mute them. You don't even have to unfriend them.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this day and age, you got to do what you got to do.
0: I mean, don't take any of our advice. Honestly, we're the worst people to give advice, but it's something that bears thinking about. Something has to change, and maybe it's us. Thank you for listening to today's episodes of Pod Cops.
1: If you have any thoughts or suggestions or true crime pet peeves, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as Pod Cops, that's P O D C O P S, or reach us at podcops at gmail.com. This project is a work in progress. Please bear with us, but thank you for giving us a shot. As our tagline states, we barely know what we're talking about, but we talk a lot.